What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Clips Convo Show, a podcast by the Sporting Tribune where we break down everything you need to know about the LA Clippers. I'm your host, Joey Lynn, and I do not believe there has been a week this year during this young season where we have had more to break down than we do here today. And for that reason, I'm actually going to be switching the format up a little bit. Not, not a huge overhaul or anything, but I'm going to be flipping the two segments. If you've been listening to this podcast for, I mean, the last couple of weeks, you know that I've been getting into the last few games that the Clippers have played and then the next few games that the Clippers are going to play. I've been doing that in segment one. And then in segment two is where I dive into the conversation topics. We're going to flip that around a little bit here today because I wanted to make sure I started the episode with what I feel is the most relevant thing to talk about. And that is the situation of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, it really kind of came to a boiling point on Saturday when the two players were listed as questionable and then ended up being ruled out just about an hour before tip-off. Fans at that point were already on their way to the game. Uh, some fans already were at the game. You know, tickets had already been purchased. It was one of those situations where you uh, kind of showed up to the game expecting those two guys to play because the last time we had an upgrade to question, well, it was Kawhi Leonard against the Pistons and he ended up playing. Well, that was not the case for this game. Both players were upgraded to questionable and both players were shortly thereafter ruled out. And now we're heading on to a four-game road trip where both players are once again being listed as questionable for the first game that is tonight in Charlotte. They are indeed with the team on the trip. I would expect them to make the return, if not tonight, some point on the road trip. But we do have to address what went down on Saturday because there was a lot of discussion on Clippers Twitter, and rightfully so, about that situation and about the frustrations that the fan base is having right now with this Kawhi Leonard and Paul George situation. And the first thing I want to start by saying is that I am not in a position, nor would I ever advocate for anybody to become uh, entitled to policing fans. That is not something that I believe should happen. Uh, obviously, there is a right and wrong way to go about things. Uh, there are certain lines you don't cross or certain things you don't say. Um, but outside of those obvious things that you don't do or say, you know, for me personally, I'm not one to police fans and say, hey, here's, you know, what you can't be upset about. Here's what you can be upset about. If you spend money to go to games, buy merch, or even if you don't do that, even if you just support the team as a loyal fan, um, I think you have the right to have your voice heard because it is really you who make uh, the the team who they are. There's there's no, uh, you know, new Intuit Dome. There's no any of this stuff that we have if, if the Clippers don't have a, a backing of support. Um, none of that would matter. You know, the team wouldn't be relevant if there wasn't a, a, a base of people supporting them. So I think for that reason, uh, fans deserve to have their voice heard. I think that's one of the things that's cool about social media is that you can have a voice, you know, whether you're somebody like myself who has a podcast or whether you're just a fan who wants to, you know, create your own account and create your own platform. Like the, the ability to do that is there and I think it should be utilized. So I wanted to get that out of the way before I start diving into these conversation topics, because, you know, I'm going to get into some of the, the things that I disagree with that are being said and some of the things that I agree with that are being said. But, you know, before I say that, I want to make sure I'm not trying to silence anybody. I'm not trying to say that that anybody should not feel a certain way. Everybody is entitled to their opinion, and I believe if you're going about it uh, in a in a proper manner, uh, obviously there's things you do and do not say. But I think if you're going about it the right way, you know, feel free to to you know express 
your thoughts. Um, and that's what I'm going to do here today. Uh, I have a podcast and um, that's one of the things I want to use it for, especially with the clips combos method conversations, topics around the Clippers, pretty self-explanatory uh, for myself. I'm in a pretty unique spot. You guys know that, uh, you know, I grew up a fan of the team, been a fan of the team, uh, really my whole life, uh, since I was old enough to, for that to even matter. Uh, but I'm in a unique spot now, uh, as a reporter, there's a level of impartiality that you're supposed to address your job with or your approach your job with, uh, I assume would be the correct way to phrase that. And I think I've done a pretty all right job with that. There's no hiding the fact that a group of fan of the team. I mean, come on. Like I was on, you know, Clippers Twitter and you have my Instagram page several years before I became a reporter covering the team. Um, so you can't hide that. And I think one of the things that gets mistaken when people start talking about, you know, the impartiality that reporters are supposed to have, I don't think it, it needs to mean that you don't have any sort of like, you know, deep down inside of you level of, of allegiance to the team. I don't think you could ever remove that entirely. It's unrealistic to expect, but I think it means that despite that you're able to approach your job with that level of impartiality and give impartial analysis and be critical of players that you're a fan of or players that you know personally, because that's your job. So I think I've actually done a pretty all right job with that. Of course, I'm not perfect. And of course, I'm going to continue getting better. It's only my first year. Um, but when it comes to something like this, where you have, you know, the fan base is, is super upset uh, with what's going on. Even the people who, you know, are more optimistic are still unhappy with what's going on. And that's completely understandable. But for somebody like myself, who in the past, I would have probably jumped right in and shared my opinion. That's a little bit different now. It's a little bit different now because I have a different perspective because I'm around these guys every single day. Um, I'm, I'm friends with several players on the team. Obviously, Kawhi hasn't been around a whole lot this year. Um, so I haven't had, you know, too many opportunities to interact with him. But the times that I have interacted with him, it's been great. Um, you know, Paul George, same situation, obviously seeing him a little bit more and, and same, same thing with him. He's been great. So with some of the things that are being said, um, you know, about those two guys are starting to, you know, pick up some traction and, and I'm kind of sitting there, not really saying a whole lot. Um, it's because I'm, I'm picking and choosing my spots and, and I'm deciding when I need to jump in and, and say something. And, and when I just need to kind of you know, let people do their thing because it's not exactly my job anymore um, to to interject my own personal uh, analysis on a situation like this. I think it's my job to sit back, collect information, and then speak on what I've learned. And it, it, it's a learning process for me because in the past, I would have just spoken strictly on perception, right? Like, oh, here's what I think's happening. Here's what, you know, this looks like to me. But now I'm a little bit more hesitant to do that because I actually am, am fortunate enough to have an opportunity to ask around and to talk to people really close to the situation and then say, okay, here's what I believe is going on and, and here's what I do and do not know. So that's why I haven't said a whole lot. You know, for those of you who who may be waiting on, on my own personal thoughts, you know, I had some initially and I still have some now, but I wanted to make sure I actually gathered the information that was available to me and then collected my thoughts in a, a more accurate manner on a podcast like this. So I actually hopped on on Saturday on the mic and recorded like a little mini like emergency episode, but I got like 10 minutes into it and I was like, eh, this feels too reactionary. This feels too emotional. I'm like, I try to stay away from that. So 
um, you know, ended up putting that in the archives and, and figured I'd just wait to hop on here and talk to you guys uh, today. So um, with that being said, here's what I know. And here's my view of the situation. You have the two sides of the argument right now, right? You have one side saying Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are fine. Of course, maybe they're not 100%, but they're making the most money on the team. They're the best players on the team. They need to go out there and they need to play, especially when you have somebody like Reggie Jackson, who was playing through a back injury, had just hit his back incredibly hard on the floor, actually looked to seem as if he hit his head on the floor as well, stayed in that game, played the next day, and is still playing, has not taken a game off or even a, a stretch of time off at all, not even in-game, going back to, to rest at all. He has been playing through injury while Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are not. You have that side of things. Then you have the other side that says, well, okay, maybe I can see what you're saying, but the goal for this Clippers team is to have those two guys healthy come playoff time because if they are not, this team has no chance. Then you have the other side come back and say, okay, yeah, well, of course you want to have them healthy by playoff time, but if they're not healthy now, we're not going to get an optimal seating. We're not going to have chemistry come play playoff time, and none of it's going to matter anyways. So that's kind of the back and forth that's happening right now. And for me personally, without um, yet revealing any of, of what I know and what I've tried to learn, um, I understand both sides. I truly do. I truly do understand both sides. I understand the people who are frustrated when you see a player like Reggie Jackson out there giving it his all every single night playing through injury and Kawhi Leonard rolls his ankle and is out for two weeks and Paul George tweaks his hamstring, says he's okay directly after and then is also out for two weeks. I understand your frustration. I hear you and I'm not here to say that that is something you should not feel. I believe that is incredibly valid. And for the other side of the conversation, for those of you who are saying, okay, yeah, I get it. It's frustrating now, but really... Is it worth having these guys come back and push through injury in December, November, December, and then risk not being available or not being at 100% when it matters most? I hear you guys too. I believe you guys are both correct. But what it comes down to now is how the organization handles these types of situations. And for me, you know, talking to Ty Lue, uh, talking to, to players on the team, although that's a little bit different because that's more off the record stuff. Whereas the Ty Lue, uh, you know, comments are in a press conference that is, is knowingly being released to the public. So that's what I'm going to speak on a little bit more. Um, that's really what it comes down to. You have one side saying this, another side saying that, but what is the reality of it all right now? Well, from what Ty Lue said the other day, um, obviously they were upgraded to questionable. They had gone through a full practice the day prior, which was that Friday, Saturday comes around and the medical staff, according to what Ty Lue said, determined that it was not the right day for them to play. What exactly does that mean? Well, we're not hundred percent sure. Does that mean that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George felt good, but they were hesitant because it was an afternoon game? Well, we asked Ty Lue that, and you know, he didn't really say yes or no. He didn't say that, you know, yeah, that was a factor. He's more so just like, you know, our medical staff does a good job. You know, they decide when these guys are ready and today wasn't exactly the right day. So that brings up a whole other conversation topic where you have fans on the team saying Kawhi Leonard and Paul George want to play. And this is kind of the, another counter to that first group who say, you know, Kawhi and PG just need to push through injury. You have one side of the fan base that is saying, well, they're trying to, but the medical staff is holding them back. The medical staff is saying, no, you can't go out there and play. But Kawhi and PG want to. 
you have a group of people who believe that. Me personally, that that's tough for me. That's tough for me to say that that's exactly what's going on. And here's why. You look at what's going on with Reggie Jackson the last few games. He took a hard fall in Portland. I thought he was going to be done for the rest of that game. Not only did he re-enter the game, but he revealed to the media after the game that he didn't undergo any testing. He just came back in and played. And while that was somewhat concerning to me, and I believe rightfully concerning to others, is that it looked as if he hit his head on the court. Like, of course, his back took the majority of the fall, hit his back first, but it looked like his head kind of threw back and, and hit the court a little bit. Of course, can't be 100% about that. But even if it were just the back, it is somewhat concerning that not only did he re-enter that game, uh, play the rest of that game, but he also didn't undergo any testing and then played the next day and has played every single game since. So if your argument, and again, I'm not trying to say that it's a bad argument or that I even necessarily disagree with it, and I'm also not trying to suppress it. I understand where it's coming from. But if the argument is that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are not playing right now because the medical staff is holding them back, I think we have to start asking some questions now about the medical staff's approach to you know players like Reggie as opposed to players like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Because if it's the medical staff holding Kawhi and PG back, then I think that it means that they take a little bit of a different approach with those guys than they do with somebody like Reggie. You can argue whether or not that's correct or incorrect. Of course, both Kawhi and PG have pretty extensive injury histories. Obviously, they're the two best players on the team, so you want to be even more cautious with them. But it doesn't seem like it's a universal extreme caution from the medical staff if that's what's going on. Because if that was the case, and that's just you know simply how they operate, then Reggie would not have come back in that game, and he certainly would not have played the next day. So it's tough for me to say that it's a medical staff thing because if so, then there's some pretty inconsistent application of that caution, if you kind of get what I'm saying. Um, and, and to me, that would seem wrong. Um, you know, not a doctor, not somebody who could speak extensively on the injury uh, history of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and how that could potentially affect their, you know, long-term health and ability to sustain uh, stretches of of quality play, not just now, but deep into the, the you know, the April and May months. So I'm not, I'm not coming at it from that standpoint, but I'm just looking specifically at the argument that we just have, the Clippers just have a extremely conservative and and cautious medical staff. Because if that was the case, then I think we would see a lot different approach with Reggie over the last couple of games because he's been out there playing hurt, and, and he told us that. And he was happy about it, man. Like He, he was totally cool, was not upset at all. He said he, he honestly didn't even want to admit that he was playing hurt. But you could tell he was, and he admitted it and said, yeah, you know, just bangs and bruises, he said, you know, uh, just the, the course of a long season, bangs and bruises. Uh, he said, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be out there and hold it down until our, our big dogs get back. That's a guy that wants to be out there and wants to be playing and has been allowed to be out there and has been allowed to play. So again, I'll go back to what I said before. If it's a medical staff thing, then there's, you know, kind of some inconsistency with the way that they approach, uh, you know, 
each individual player on the roster. So that's that side of things. The other side of things is the people who think, well, you know, right. They see how the, the Reggie was approached. They see that he was allowed to go out there and play. And they think, well, if Kawhi wanted to play, you know, through a less than a hundred percent ankle, he'd be able to do that. And if PG wanted to play through a less than a hundred percent hamstring, he'd be able to do that. But it's those guys who don't want to go out there and don't want to push through. You have that side of things. Um, that's not something I could speak on. It, it's not something that I could speak on definitively. All I can say is what Ty Lu said, and I think it makes sense, where he said, you know, Kawhi was out 15 months. You think he doesn't want to play? You think he's happy to be sitting on the sideline? What Ty Lu said was, um, you know, maybe if a guy is not feeling it, you know, and don't, doesn't really feel like playing, maybe you'll see that for a game, right? Like, you know, I don't really feel like being out there today, you know, not feeling great. They'll sit a game. He's like, that's not something you see for eight, nine games in a row. It's just, it's just not realistic. So I, I agree with that. And, and I, I understand some of the frustration of the fan base who thinks, man, I'm not trying to hear that right now. Like, yeah, we're questioning if he wants to play because I mean, he rolled his ankle, you know, we had the Ty Lue said he was fine. And then now, you know, two weeks later, he still hasn't played. I, I, I hear you. And I, I, I understand where you're coming from and I don't necessarily entirely disagree. But I think what Ty Lue said, you know, deserves uh, some level of recognition and, and, and acknowledgement because I, I think it's correct. When Kawhi came back initially, that first game against the Lakers, I mean, even before that, when he came back in the preseason, all he was talking about is just how thankful he was to be back on the court and how hard it was for him to have to sit out the last 15 months or however long it was exactly. Then he had an interview where he said the mental anguish, the mental strain of not being able to be out there was more difficult than the physical pain that he felt from his ACL tear. Those are the words that Kawhi Leonard has said since returning. And I think we have to take him at his word. So when you see this situation, I think it's a little bit of a combination of both. Yes, the medical staff is being very cautious, with both of these star players, perhaps in ways that they aren't with somebody like Reggie Jackson. Again, you could debate whether or not that's appropriate. But then you also have Kawhi and PG understanding their own health situations, understanding the end goal of this team, understanding that if they're not 100% come playoff time, this team has no shot. So they too are going to be conservative with their situation and with their injuries that they've had both this year and in the past, I don't think that means that they don't want to play, but I think that they have some level of input in the fact that they have not yet returned. So I think it's both. I don't think it's entirely the medical staff, and I don't think it's entirely Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I think the two sides have worked together, and I think this is what they have decided on. Whether or not you believe it's appropriate, that is up to you, and I'm not here to police that. But that's what I'm going to get into next because I believe it is important to address, and I think it is something that needs to be broken down. Now that we've gotten the two sides of the argument out of the way, the way I feel about it, and kind of the things that I've I've heard people I've talked to and, and kind of try to create an appropriately nuanced approach to this conversation, let's get into what it means. Because Regardless of how you feel about why Kawhi Leonard and Paul George aren't playing, the fact of the matter is they are not playing, at least as of right now. It's 2 p.m. on 
on Monday, you know, they may play tonight. And and if I had to guess, I would say probably. It's not sourced. That's just, you know, how I feel about it. I think they're they're very close, and I think today could be the day. Uh, but over the last two weeks, they have not played. And there are very unique concerns that I think are valid when it comes to that reality. One of them is that the Clippers are losing games right now. <laughs> that's uh, that's the obvious one. They're 13 and 11. They are 13 and 11. They are losing games right now because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are not playing. I think it's safe to say they would be much better than 13 and 11 if their star players had been playing all year and hadn't missed uh, you know extensive stretches already. So they currently sit at 13 and 11. Fortunately for them, the Western Conference is very mediocre, so they have not fallen too far behind in the standings. But that said, any sustained stretch of losses can see some significant slippage and any sustained stretch of wins can see some some really, you know, big time uh, ascension up the standings. But as of right now, the Clippers haven't been able to do that because their two best players are not playing. That is the first major concern. The second major concern is that when these two guys do get back, what are we looking at? What type of team are the Clippers going to be? Because as of right now, we have yet to see that. We have not seen any indication. And again, before I say this and maybe eclipse this out of context, I'm not saying that this cannot and will not eventually happen. I am just saying as of right now, so far this season, on December 5th, 2022, we have seen no indication that this Clippers group is good enough to be the team that they were made out to be this offseason when so many people picked them as championship favorites. And it's obvious why we haven't seen that yet, because we haven't even seen Kawhi Leonard for more than five games. And in those five games, he's been on a minutes restriction. And in two of them, he was coming off the bench. So <laughs> there's only so much that you can take from that. So that's the reason why. But it doesn't really matter why it's happening. The fact of the matter is it is happening. We're a quarter of the way through the season, and we have seen no indication that this team can be a championship team. Now, again, that does not mean that it cannot and will not eventually happen. But... We're a quarter of the way through the season, and we haven't seen it yet. And with that being said, I believe there is a level of concern that needs to be broken down and addressed that even once Kawhi Leonard does come back, there is going to still be a pretty significant and lengthy ramp-up process. Case in point, look at John Wall. John Wall is completely healthy was completely healthy last year, is completely healthy now, and the Clippers are still keeping him on a very strict minutes restriction and only bumping it up very slightly after extended periods of games, and he is still not cleared to play back-to-backs. So if that is their approach to John Wall, a quarter of the way through the season, a completely healthy player, you can only begin to wonder or imagine if they are giving Kawhi Leonard an even more extensive ramp-up process once he gets back. If I had to guess, I would say probably so. Of course, that's their approach. You know, love it or hate it, that's the way they go about these things, especially with Kawhi and PG. So it's December 5th. Let's say Kawhi comes back tonight. He'll be on a minutes restriction. For how long? Who knows? John Wall's been on one for over 20 games. So if they take a similar approach to Kawhi, 
That's putting us around the All-Star break, even after the All-Star break, when he finally gets this minutes restriction lifted. And that's if there's no setbacks. And of course, I'm just basing it off the way they've they've handled the wall situation. But I think it's logical to assume that they would handle Kawhi similar, similarly, if not even more conservative. So that's putting us around the all-star break, if not a little bit after, when Kawhi is starting to get his minutes restriction lifted. And then, you know, that's when you're really starting to see real Clippers basketball. Is it too late at that point? I don't think so. I don't think so. But it's definitely a cause for concern because it leaves you very little margin for error. It leaves you almost no room for any setback. And in my opinion, uh, I think that's a tough way to go about things. The Clippers don't have much of a choice. It's the hand they've been dealt. But look at the last few championships that have been won. Golden State, dominant to start the year last season. I mean, out of the gate, they were the best team in basketball to start the year. Milwaukee, dominant all year long two years ago. The Lakers, dominant all year long. And then you go back to the year that Kawhi won the championship with Toronto. Of course, they had some question marks with his load management, but they were a dominant team. He didn't have any real major injuries that year. He was just in and out of the lineup for load management reasons. So you look at the, the, the and then of course you go, and then go any further back, it's the dominant Golden State teams. So could the Clippers do it? Could the Clippers follow this model and win a championship? Sure. It can happen. They have the talent. And, I, and I'm not one to sit here and say that it's impossible and they won't be able to do it. But I'm saying that something like this hasn't been done before, at least not in recent history. Since I've been watching the NBA, you haven't really seen something like this. So, you know, that's a valid concern. And again, I'm not up here saying all of this because I think that it's time to, you know, blow it up and say this is over. It's not going to happen. But these are the concerns that the fan base is bringing up. And I want to address them because I think they are valid. And I wanted to make sure that you guys feel heard because you are. And, you know, like I said, I, I don't hop on Twitter and and give the same reactionary analysis that I may have done in the past, <laughs> probably for the better, get myself in less trouble. But uh, I do want to make sure that I, I address things with you guys because uh, you, know, you guys deserve to, to have your voice heard. And that I think that leads me pretty nicely in, into the last thing I wanted to address on this point before I move on into, into segment number two. I've already gone way too long on this segment, but it is what it is, man. Um, and, and that's somebody like myself, um, what I want to get into next. It's somebody like myself. What's my role in this as a reporter? What's my role in this? Because I think that, you know, some people had, had brought up on Twitter, um, you know, that Clippers reporters, you know, aren't exactly hard enough on the organization or Ty Lue, um, or the players themselves. And we're not pressuring them enough, putting enough pressure on them, trying to get to the bottom of what's going on. And I understand those concerns and I understand those frustrations because I'll be completely honest with you guys. Before I became a reporter, I probably would have thought the same way. Cause I know that back in the day when I was just a fan and doc was playing Trez for 20 minutes straight <laughs> over zoo. I used to think, well, if the reporters would show him the data, if they would just pressure him a little bit, he'd stop doing this nonsense. I used to think the same thing. So, you know, even though I am a reporter and and I guess I'm grouped into some of uh, those frustrations, 
I'm not here to sit up here and, and say, you know, what's wrong with you guys? Why would you think that? Because I understand why you would think that. But unfortunately, that's just not how things go. And we saw a perfect example of that today with the Trey Young thing. That reporter pushed and pushed and pushed. Once Trey Young gave him his answer, the reporter didn't accept that. He didn't say, okay, you know, I hear your answer. Here's a follow-up. And I think that would have been appropriate. Maybe one follow-up and then leave it at that. But he continued to push. And guess what happened? Trey Young's answer didn't change. All it did was piss him off, and rightfully so. And that's all that would happen if we just tried to continue to push Ty Lue when he says they're not playing today. You know, we asked, was there, and this question was asked, was there a setback? He said, no, they felt all right. It just wasn't the right day today. You know, if we were to continue to press and say, well, why wasn't it the right day? You, you explain. And he just would have said, you know, that's just what the medical staff came together and decided. And then, well, why did they decide that? You know, I understand, guys, why you think that that's something that, you know, could potentially be fruitful. But I promise you it wouldn't be. All it's going to do is upset the person you're talking to, and rightfully so. Nobody wants to have to deal with that. And it could potentially lead to a damaged relationship between uh, yourself and, and somebody like Ty Lu, who is great with the media, is incredibly gracious with us. And that's not something that is going to produce results. And I think you saw that with the Trey Young situation today. Um, so I'm not going to sit up here and say that you guys are wrong for thinking that. Uh, because like I said, I probably would have thought something some, something similar back in the day, and, and to an extent I did with the whole doc thing, but that's just not how things go. And for somebody like myself, while I'm in year one of this, you know, I'm still learning uh, how, how to do this job well. I'm definitely not in a position to do that. I think I ask great questions. Um, like, for example, literally yesterday, uh, or yesterday, two days ago, Saturday, whenever it was, when uh, the Clippers had that game against Sacramento. After the game, I asked Ty Lu if there is any level of concern with players like Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris having to face double teams every single night when in the offseason they had so much excitement and spoke openly about that excitement of getting open shots every single night because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George would be on the floor. I asked him about that, and he gave me a pretty good answer. He said, well, they, they did it last year. Of course, you don't want to get used to it, but it's something that they know how to do. And then when Zoo came to the podium, I asked Zoo, I said, you know, you've spoken a little bit about the mental fatigue of having to deal with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in and out of the lineup. But what's the physical fatigue like of having to carry such a big load offensively when you really didn't ever anticipate having to do that? And of course, you know, we can get into a discussion of Zoo should have an even bigger, you know, offensive responsibility. It's not something that, you know, he, you know, gets tasked with as much as some other guys, but he was drawing two in the paint. He draws two a lot now. And he said, yeah, man, it's tiring. It's exhausting. So those are the types of questions that I've been asking. And I think they're good questions. Um, but, you know, when when Ty Lue says, you know, these guys are pros, um, you know, they're they're handling it well. Uh, they've done it last year. Of course, you don't want to get used to it, but they, they are used to it. Am I supposed to say, Ty Lue, be honest. Come on. Come on, Ty. Like, <laughs> tell me, Ty. Like, are they pissed? Are they pissed in that locker room? Like, you know, be honest with me. Like, come on, man. Like, that's just not realistic. So, listen, I get it, you guys. I probably would have thought the same thing. And like I said, to an extent I did. But that's just not really how things go. But, you know, I appreciate all the people who interact with us on there. And, you know, if there's ever anything you want asked, you know, let me know. Like, you know, I, I, there are certain things that I can't ask and certain things that, you know, I want to report. Because at the end of the day, 
like my job and I, I think the job description of reporter kind of gets a little bit confused like like what what is it that you guys really do like well what is your job um I think sorry there's a helicopter going over right now so if you hear that in the back my bad but I think our job is to be in some way the mediator between the team and the fan base because we have that access and if there's something you want to know and if there's something that you know the the team wants you to know like it's my job to report that so if you guys are wondering what's going on with this Kawhi Leonard and Paul George situation, like we're going to ask the questions, but then along those same lines, we're at the mercy of the answer. And the answer is what the answer is. I can't make the answer be anything that it's not. So if, if you're not pleased with the answer, you know, I can ask a follow-up, but if the answer remains the same, I'm not going to do what that, that Trey Young reporter did today and piss the dude off. Just not going to do it. I don't think it's, it's productive gets nothing done and all it does is damage relationships. And I'm not here to do that. So that is that situation. I hope you guys understand that. Um, Cause you know, it, it's tough to see, but until I got into the spot that I'm at right now, I, I didn't really understand it, but now I do. Um, so moving on, I don't want to spend too much more time uh, talking about the upcoming games. Cause, cause in all honesty, you guys, we just don't know what's going on. We we don't, we, we don't know what's going on. Maybe Kawhi Leonard and Paul George will play tonight. Maybe they won't, you know, maybe they'll play next game. Maybe they won't. Um, one thing that's a little bit frustrating is that the Clippers do have a back-to-back coming up on this road trip. So even if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George do return, um, there's very little chance that they're together for all four of these games. I would say there's a zero chance actually that that happens because Kawhi is obviously not going to play back-to-back. Um, so they got Charlotte, Orlando, Miami, and Washington on this four-game trip, and they come back home to play Boston. Uh, I mean, not exactly powerhouse teams. Miami's all right, uh, but the other three, not so much. Uh, Washington's all right, but but even then, eh, you know, Charlotte and Orlando, not too good. Charlotte is is just crushed by injuries right now, so they're even worse. So that's the upcoming four stretch of game or stretch of four games, excuse me. And then the games that the Clippers played, you know, in between the last episode and this episode. I mean, how much are you really taking away from that? You know what I mean? They 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 didn't, you know, have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So what are we really looking at there? Uh, but they did have my guy Musa. <laughs> Shout out Musa. Man, if you guys have been a loyal listener to this pod, you know how I feel about that dude. I've been waiting to see Musa get his shot. And uh, again, I'm not a whole, you know, big vic- victory lap guy where I'm going to hop on here and say, yeah, I told you so. But, hey, you know, I kind of t- told you so. Um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. But um, super proud of Musa, man. He stepped up in a big way. Uh, his first rotational minutes of the season were amazing. I uh, helped the Clippers uh, come back from behind in that Portland game. Had the same chance to do it in Utah. Unfortunately, come back, fell short. And then, you know, just burn the tape of that of that Kings game, man. Not, nothing that happened in that game means anything to me. Um, you know, they were they, they were out of that game by about midway through the first quarter. So that that's whatever. Musa is back with the G League team. I actually reported that news a few days ago. Um, I was able to to connect with some sources uh, close to Musa. The sources were not Musa, although I do talk to him pretty regularly. And uh, I was informed that Musa was going to be up playing that game against Sacramento, which happened. And then I was informed that he was going to get sent back down to play with the G League team on their four-game road trip that happens to parallel the Clippers' four-game road trip. Uh, so if you guys want to read that article, it's on my Twitter. It's also um, – I talked about it on Instagram. or You could DM me. I could send you the link. Um, so that was that Musa situation. But outside of that, you guys, not a whole lot else to break down. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really just wanted to be honest. I wanted to be nuanced because I believe there is a ton of nuance with this discussion. Um, And I hear you guys. I'm not here to suppress voices. I'm not here to police fans. You guys do you. 
There's a right and a wrong way to go about things. There's certain things you do and do not say. I haven't seen too many out of bounds things said uh, on, on Clippers Twitter. Of course, you got a few, but you know, I think you guys are doing an all right job voicing your frustrations. Keep doing it because they are valid. I hear them, and I think they make a lot of sense. So, you guys, hopefully we get the big dogs back tonight. If not, they should be coming back at some point on the trip. But until next time, you guys, as always, much love and go Clippers. But he also didn't undergo any testing.